Hello and welcome back to Joe's Art History Bite Size, small manageable podcast episodes which sees me, Joe McLaughlin, your resident host and art historian, deep dive into a specific artwork or artist in 10 minutes or less. This week we take a deep dive into a magnificent portrait of Charles I painted by Anthony Van Dyke in 1633. Let's get started. For those of you that may not know, Anthony Van Dyke was a Flemish Baroque artist who became the leading court painter in England after renowned success in Spain, the Netherlands and Italy. He was trained in the Netherlands by the master artist himself, Peter Paul Rubens, from the age of 19, although Anthony Van Dyke's talent was spotted as early as 15 years old. And in 1632, he was appointed by Charles I of England as principal painter in ordinary of the English court. Now, Charles I was known as an ambitious art lover and was inspired to start building his own personal art collection after a visit to the Spanish court in 1623. He saw art as the perfect way of promoting his grand views of the monarchy and as a way of emphasising the divine right of kings, which Charles believed in wholeheartedly and was avid that an artist was the perfect person to help get this message across. So for those of you wondering if you've never heard of the divine right of kings, this was a tradition dating back centuries before Charles I came to power. And it was where kings were essentially told that they were the representative of God on earth, which therefore meant they had absolute divine right and power for anything that they did. And essentially, they could pretty much demand anything and request anything because they were God's representative on earth. And it also meant that no one could challenge them. And this was something that Charles I adamantly believed in. But it was also this belief that later lost Charles his head, as he is the only monarch in British history ever to be beheaded. And that happened in 1649. Before he lost his head, however, Charles was not only an avid art collector, but a loyal and fierce patron to his court artist. And actually one of the greatest commissions which ever took place under Charles I's patronage was actually Van Dyck's master, Peter Paul Rubens. And that was this beautiful, extravagant ceiling which was painted at Banqueting House in Whitehall in London. And you can still see it today. Now, Charles I appointed Van Dyck as his principal court painter in 1632. And the portrait that we're referring to in this episode was painted in 1633. And it shows Charles as ruler, knight and warrior. Now, the portrait itself... For those of you that are not familiar with it, I would definitely give it a Google or have a look on my Instagram. It shows Charles I on horseback in his beautiful finery riding through a triumphant arch. And to the right-hand side looking up at him, there's a gentleman in red. And to the left, there's a shield with a crown. But what does it all mean? First and foremost, it shows Charles as ruler, a knight and a warrior. And... Interesting that he's going through an archway, which is known as a triumphant arch, which is actually a Roman tradition where they would erect arches throughout cities and crossroads, particularly in boundaries and entries and towards cities where people could pass through. And it was normally to mark some sort of 
grand victory in battle or war. And by Charles being depicted riding through this triumphant arch, it shows him as the rightful ruler, as the next in a long, long line of kings that have come before him. Now, in the work as well, as I very quickly mentioned, there's a prominent display of two things. To the bottom left-hand side of the painting, there's a coat of arms, which is a crown on it. And the coat of arms essentially depicts the nations of Scotland, England and Ireland. And there's also some French fleur-de-lis that are included there. And the fact that this is included in the painting with a beautiful, glorious crown on top is again just hammering home that he is the monarch and ruler of all. Now knowing what the coat of arms stands for, if we look back at Charles I on horseback in the middle of this arch, he is depicted wearing all his refined features. So beautiful, loose, clean hair. The sash he's wearing is an order of the garter worn over his armour, which conveys the impression of a chivalrous knight. And it's believed that this work was designed by the artist to be placed at the end of a gallery at St. James's Palace. And essentially, it was a theatrical reminder and piece of propaganda for visitors to the court to remember that they were in the presence of a divine king. Interesting that he's depicted on horseback as well, because this was something, as well as riding through the arch to show that he was triumphant in battle. Horsemanship, being a skilled horseman, was something that was regarded as the pinnacle of virtue and skill. And what there is also in the portrait is a gentleman dressed in red. And this is actually a master horseman known as Pierre-Antoine Baudois, Seigneur de Saint-Antoine. And as I said, he was a master in the art of horsemanship and he carries the king's helmet on behalf of the king. Now, Pierre-Antoine Baudouin was actually given and sent as a gift from the king of France to James I, who was Charles's father, and stayed on to serve Charles in his court. Pierre in the image looks up to the king in admiration and glory, again sort of further emphasising the king's power and that he is the divine ruler of everyone in the nation. The work is opulently decorated with this really quite incredible green cloth. And this really was just a bit of flair added by Van Dyck to really show off his skill and execution as an artist. Finally, the work does something else, as well as showing Charles as a divine ruler, a mighty force, a skilled craftsman, ruler of the nations of England, Scotland and Ireland, being on this white horse and all his refinery also did something a bit, a bit more of a personal propaganda, which those in the court would be very, very familiar with. And that was, it shows Charles as this very tall, mighty ruler, someone that you can trust and that you're in safe hands with. And it's to show him as having presence. Whereas in real life, this is something that he lacked due to the fact that he was actually quite a small man. He was only about five foot, five foot two, three, that I found out in readings. And again, the idea of him being elevated above everyone else is another way of symbolising that he is the ruler. Now, this painting is considered one of Van Dyck's finest, and it was one of the first that the artist painted as his court painter, as I've mentioned previously. Van Dyck went on to paint two other major portraits of the king throughout his time as court painter. 
and one can be found in the National Gallery in London. It's called Charles I on Horseback. And the other can be found in the Louvre. Now, as I've mentioned previously, Charles I is the only monarch in Britain ever to be executed. And at the time of his death, he had collected over 1,700 paintings and works of art, which, once the king was executed, were rounded up and sold by Parliament as a way to pay for the king's wrongs. Now, the painting was then valued at about £150 and was auctioned off at what is now known as Somerset House. And there's actually a fantastic book written called The Sale of the Late King's Goods, which essentially tracks how Charles's collection was split up and is now all over the world because people from all over Europe came to buy the king's paintings because he had a very he had a great taste in works. And this painting in particular was sold on the 22nd of December in 1652. So this was three years after he was executed. And it was acquired by a Flemish painter who lived in London. Its new owner, however, had the painting repossessed by the court essentially something to do with legal proceedings, and it was returned to King Charles II in 1660. And the painting remains in the royal collection to this day and can be found on display in Windsor Castle. You have been listening to Joe's Art History Podcast Bite Size, small, manageable episodes which sees me, Joe McLaughlin, your resident host and art historian, deep dive into a specific artwork or artist in 10 minutes or less. If you have enjoyed this episode, please make sure to like, rate and subscribe as it helps other listeners find us. If you want to support the podcast, why not leave us a review or tell someone you know who may enjoy listening all about it. If you would like to support the future of the podcast, please consider purchasing and gifting me a book from my Amazon wishlist included in the show notes below. If you would like to get in touch, please feel free to do so. It'd be lovely to hear from you. You can email me, joesarthistory at gmail.com or you can find me via Instagram, which is at joesarthistory or you can search for my name, Joe McLaughlin, and you'll find me that way too. Finally, I've been your host and your resident art historian, Joe McLaughlin, and thank you so much for listening. Keep learning, and remember, art is for all, even in bite-sized editions. See you next time. Bye.